0: sure say amen. amen all right turn with me to proverbs chapter number 21 verse number five 21 verse number five did we get everybody make sure if you are missing a lesson if you are missing a lesson raise your hand raise your hand right over here johnny johnny right over here you ain't got no more we, we're gonna get one uh pass our brother one if you've got two, pass our brother one and we, we got some more coming we got some more coming I saw some of y'all couldn't read anyhow, so I don't know why you got one. Amen. Here we go, right over here. Right over here. All right. Raise your hand if you pass one over. We got more right here. Raise your hand if you don't have one. We want to make sure you get one. We want to make sure. No, we've got some. We've got some extras right here. Raise your hand if you need one. Raise your hand if you need one. Over to your left. Over to your left. There we go. All right. All right. All right. Where'd Johnny go? Where'd Johnny go? Nikki Joe, where's Nikki Joe at? They both bailed on me. All right, all right. Well, when we read, we, we'll get them back in here. Uh, Nikki Joe, I was gonna have them. I was gonna have them stand up here, but they must have told on me and told what I was gonna do. But uh, Nikki Joe and Johnny bought me this uh, jersey. They one's an Auburn fan, one's an Alabama fan, and uh, and uh, uh, they both wore their jersey, so I wore it with them. And I was going to line them up and say, I'm teaching tonight on the good, the bad, and the ugly. Amen. And we'd put Johnny Football on the end. Amen. So every time you see Johnny, call him Johnny Football. He'll just love that. Amen. All right. All right. Aren't you glad you get to go somewhere? Uh, you didn't hear none of that, did you? Where's Nikki Joe at? All right. All right. Is he right behind you? Well, go get him. Tell him I need him real quick. All right. Come up here. Y'all don't. Sh- Come on over here. Sit over there. All right. How about these boys? Ain't they great? All right. All right. I'm teaching that on the good, the bad, and the... All right. All right. right. Church, say roll tide. Any war eagle in here? Surely there's some go gators. Come on now. Yes. All right. I'll take what I can get. Amen. All right. All right. Proverbs chapter number 21 and verse number 5. We're going to talk about three uh, different groups of people. Last last time we discussed several. uh, The simple, the scorner, and the fool. Uh, Tonight we're going to talk about different places uh, people are when it comes to monetary things, when it comes to money. We're going to talk about thieves, thieves. We're going to talk about the diligent, and we're going to talk about the poor. So let's look in Proverbs chapter 21 in verse number 5. If you found your spot, say amen. amen. Aren't you glad you get to go to a church you can have fun in? Amen. I think God. I think God's okay with that. I really do. I think God has a sense of humor. I think God wants us to enjoy life, and I, th- I don't think God's as stuffy as we make him out to be. Amen. And I appreciate the Lord and his blessings on us, and I appreciate this place. And, uh, and I appreciate my house didn't burn down. I had lightning hit my house last night and uh, uh, fried the air conditioning system, but it didn't get the house. Amen? So thank God for his protection. Uh, uh, saw sparks and flying, jumped out of bed. I didn't know what aliens had got me. Amen? <laughs> I didn't know what was going on, but thank God he kept us safe, and the tree didn't fall on the house, and everything was okay. Amen? Proverbs 21 verse 5 says this The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteous, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. Only to want. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a vanity tossed to and fro of them that seek death. The robbery of the wicked shall destroy them because they refuse to do judgment. Now, I put on your notes there, Ephesians 4.28. I'll read it if you didn't turn there. Let me just read it for you. Save you some time. It says in Ephesians 4.28, Paul covers this same group of people that we're going to talk about. Watch what he says. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needed so you in that that one verse you have all three of those people the thief the diligent the hard worker and the poor the one who is needy all right so that's what we're going to talk about tonight let's pray and we'll get started here tonight aren't you excited to be here on wednesday night man, I love this. I love being able to study and glean and grow. So I need you to help me. I need you to pray for me that I'm able to put it in a way that you can understand it, that we can grow from it. Because we're not here to hear a history lesson. We're here to get something that's going to help us grow and be stronger and be better. Amen? So let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for an awesome crowd tonight. Thank you for your protecting hand last night. Uh, Thank you for all the goodness of the Lord. Lord, we are so undeserving of them all, but we are so thankful for them all. Thank you for the young people that are here all over the property that you have put in this place to grow and be be nurtured and to learn more about you. Now, help us tonight. God, we got a lot of folks in here tonight that's uh, wanting to to learn and to glean from your word, and I pray that you'll help us do that. Help me deliver it in such a way that it's understandable, it's exciting, it's it's fun to be here. God, I pray that you'll use this for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. In Ephesians 4, 28, Paul summarized the Christian philosophy of wealth. According to Paul, you can get wealth in three ways, by stealing it, earning it, or receiving it as a gift, which would include getting it as an inheritance. Now, stealing, according to Exodus 20, verse 15, stealing is wrong. Exodus 20, verse 9 says labor is honorable, and it is more blessed to give than to receive in Acts 20, verse 35. Now, in the book of Proverbs, King Solomon tells us a great deal about these three kinds of people. The thieves, the workers, which the diligent, you'll find that word, uh, seven. I believe it's seven times throughout Proverbs, you'll find the word diligent, and the poor who need our help. Among the thieves, I'm including the sluggard, the lazy person who never works but expects others to take care of him. That's being a what? Thief. How many of y'all would agree with that? Say amen. All right, now let's look. Number one, let's talk about the thief first. Two kinds of thieves we find throughout the book of Proverbs. First, we find the shyster. Write that down. First, we find the shyster. In Proverbs 21, verse 5, we see there's there's a couple different kind of shysters we need to look at. First, the deceptive shyster. The deceptive shyster. Uh, I'd I, I printed off the, the, the definition of shyster and somebody who was crooked, somebody who was dishonest, and it put an unscrupulous lawyer or politician. I thought, I'm not printing that in that note, (laughs) amen? Uh, uh, Either way, it's basically a dishonest person, somebody who is using trickery or deception to get gain from. And so we see the deceptive shyster. He says, the thoughts of the diligent, verse 5, tend only to plenteous, but of everyone that is hasty only to want. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a vanity tossed to and fro of them that seek death. Now here's here's what I want you to see. In in Proverbs 1, uh, 10 through 19, we see people that are trying to get other people in a get-rich-quick scheme. A get-rich-quick scheme. There are tons and tons and tons of these things out there. And you have to be very, very, very careful. The Bible says the thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteous, but everyone that is hasty only to want. In other words, if we want to get somewhere quick, if we want to get rich quick, or if we want to get uh, retired quick, and we try to do these things, it's a very dangerous, dangerous thing. Uh, The book of Proverbs opens with a stern warning against participating in these type of schemes, especially the ones involving breaking the law. These schemes are self-destructive. They lead to bondage and possibly the grave. Now now, now read this with me that I underline. Beware of people who promise to make you wealthy without asking you to work or take any risk. If if somebody guarantees you a sure thing, your antennas need to shoot straight up off the top of your head. You You need to back up a minute. You need to back up a minute. And if somebody guarantees you or promises you wealth without work, without effort, it's easy. Be careful. Be careful. And here's, here's what's happening today. Here's what's happening. I'm seeing this big time today because of the economy and the way the economy is right now. Poor people are getting desperate. And when poor people get desperate, it makes them an easier target. Because a lot of your get-rich-quick schemes and a lot of these type things, uh, they can make it sound real good. And they promise health, wealth. They promise an easy route to it. And when people get desperate, it looks even better. Say amen. And, and they're taking advantage of poor people. Taking advantage big time. Wealth gotten by vanity. Proverbs 13, 11. Wealth gotten by vanity or fraud—in other words, you could put Ponzi schemes, these type of things here—they shall be diminished. But he that gathereth by labor shall increase. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-two. He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. Now, I've, I've been—I've been in these things. I've been—I've had people come and, and and lay out a sales pitch to me, and man, that sounded great. I've been in two or three of these things, and and and. And in the end, I said, I'm never going to do that again. That was the dumbest thing I've ever done. Why in the world did I do that? And then the next dude came, and it made it sound even better than the first one, and here we go. Now, I'm telling you, it, when you get it stung two or three times, it might take the third time, but you'll get it eventually. Say amen. And, and, and these, are, these are happening all over America. Most, if not all, get-rich-quick schemes involve some kind of deception and are nothing but scams. Unfortunately, even God's people have been duped by scam artists. And more than one trusting soul has lost his or her life savings in a sure thing. That turned out to be a sure loser. How about, is it Bernie Madoff? Is that, is that the right one that, that, that scammed all those people? I mean, their whole, their whole retirement. Everything they worked for because it was a sure thing. Somebody told them, this guy's got it. Hey, he will make it happen. However, scams, now, now watch this. This is so important scams wouldn't succeed if there weren't people eager to get rich as quickly and as easily as possible y'all with me Amen. that's that's so true these guys wouldn't even have a prayer they wouldn't have a chance if we didn't have that impulse and we didn't have that now everybody everybody wants to be well taken care of everybody wants to have it I do you do everybody does but God says there's a way for that to happen there is a way for that to happen now. As we keep reading, uh, as the old adage puts it, there are no free lunches. You take what you want from life, but eventually you, you're going to pay for it one way or the other. All right. So we see the deceptive shyster, but then number two, write this down. We see the dishonest shyster, the dishonest shyster. All right. He's not using uh, get quick, rich scheming. He is just using an unbalanced scale. In other words, back in that day, when you would come in and you would put your grain or your fruit, whatever it is that you are selling, uh, they would say, we'd give you so much per pound. Well, they would have scales that had false balances. In other words, they would say, I'm paying you $10 a bushel, but you're only actually getting about 7 per bushel because they, the, the balances are not right. Is everybody understand what what these verses mean watch what the verses say god demands that we be honest in our business dealings dishonesty is robbery say that with me dishonesty is robbery proverbs 11 1 says a false balance is an abomination to the lord but a just weight is his delight Proverbs twenty ten: Divers weights and divers measures, both of them are alike an abomination to the Lord. Proverbs twenty verse twenty three: Divers weights are different; weights are an abomination unto the Lord, and a false balance is not good. Moses commanded in the law that the people use honest weights and measures. Uh, Since Israel didn't have an official Department of Standards to check on these things, the law wasn't always obeyed. Amos accused the merchants in his day of skimping the measure and boosting the price and cheating with dishonest scales. Now, I don't have to go into detail because we don't have enough time, but you know whether or not in your business dealings whether you're cheating people or not. It may be cheating people with their pay scale. It may be cheating people with commission. It may be cheating people. Whatever it is, you think you're getting by, and you think you're, you're, you're getting ahead by cheating other people, but God says that rooster will come home to roost and it will it will god does not like this type of behavior he will not accept it he will listen the you 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 real reap what you sow say amen. amen thieves in 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 the book of proverbs we find the shyster that's one type of thief but then there's another type of thief that a lot of people don't see or understand as a thief but boy i tell you what what the way our society is changing in america today when you have, when you have, uh, uh, and by the way, when when the takers become more than the givers, our country is going to go into civil war. When they are more dependent on the government and, and 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 everybody that's working and they're taking from everybody that's working and giving to everybody that's not working, uh, uh, sooner or later, everybody that's working is going to get tired of working and they ain't going to work no more. So where are they going to get the ones that they're taking from that's working to give to those that ain't working? I tell you, there's going to be a fight. Now, why is that? How, 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 how have we gotten to that point? How have we gotten to that place? Uh, because as a slugger, and the Bible talks so much about the slothful and the sluggard in Proverbs. Uh, it, 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 he goes into very descriptive detail that we're going to talk about tonight. The biggest thieves of all are the lazy people who could work but won't. The people, now watch this. The people who consume what others produce, but produce nothing for others to use. Say that with me. The people who consume, come on now. I know I got more people in here than that. Help me now. Here we go. The people who consume what others produce, but produce nothing for others to use. The sluggard and the slothful man are mentioned at least 17 times in Proverbs. And nothing, what I say, and nothing good is said about them. We need to recognize the fact that work is not a curse. A man said at Halloween, he says, I'm going to dress up like a job and scare my children to death. <laughs> that man wants his kids to get a job, hey amen? Uh, you know, it'd scare more than his kids to death. It's true. It's true. Uh, the Bible says much about this: taking and not producing, taking and not producing. Work is not a curse. Work never was a curse. Uh, we we find truly in 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 the in the Word of God uh, that there was work before the curse. There was work before the curse. Adam had a job to do. God gave Adam work to do in the garden even before sin entered into the scene. Before he began his public ministry, Jesus worked as a carpenter. The Apostle Paul was a tent maker. When we engage in honorable employment, we're cooperating with God and caring for and using his creation. We're helping to provide for others, and we're growing in character. Now, let's look at some of the descriptions of the sluggard in Proverbs, all right? Let's try that. Let's, let's look at the first one. Now, if you'll notice, we started going topically through Proverbs because uh, one one usage of sluggard or the, the 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 slothful it's all over Proverbs and you'll see me going you'll see me using all kind of verses to describe and that's why we're using it topically we're taking that one topic and we're getting we're gleaning all over Proverbs to find out what God says about that one deal what does it say about the sluggard the slothful number one they love to sleep they love to sleep Proverbs six nine through eleven how long wilt thou sleep O sluggard when wilt thou rise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. Proverbs 26, 14 says this. As the door turneth upon the hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. What's that mean? There's lots of motion, but no progress. All right? Sleep is a necessary element for a healthy life, but too much sleep is destructive. Wise people enjoy sleep that's sweet uh, because they know they're in, the, in God's will. In other words, when you know you're doing right by God, you know what you're doing right by your family and by what God wants you to do, you can lay your head down on your pillow at night. I, I can't tell you how many people I've told because uh, this spouse would disagree with this spouse and on, on a situation or an issue. And, and uh, and, 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 and well, well, this preacher said this verse means this. And this preacher said this verse means this. And Dr. So-and-so said it means this. There, there's one verse that you can always bank on. You can always bank on. Colossians 3, I believe it's verse 15, says, Let the peace of God rule your heart. Whatever decision you make in your life, whatever it is that, that you're dealing with, whatever situation you're facing, hey, you got to be able to sleep at night. You say, well, it's okay, but this person, hey, listen, if you lay your head on your pill and your conscience is bothering you and the Holy Ghost is, is whooping up on you, you need to change your decision. I've got to be able to sleep at night. And I know this, when I'm right with God, when I'm in the will of God, I can sleep. Are you all with me? Now, a person, is he, his sleep is sweet because he's right with God. But then it talks about, in Ecclesiastes, uh, the person that works hard. Man, when you really busted it in a day, it feels good to lay down, don't it? I'm telling you, sleep is sweet to the one who's worked hard. Uh, the sleep of the sluggard is a mark of selfishness and laziness. Now, watch this. This is a pretty powerful statement. In the, in, in the practice of wisdom... Ronald Sayer and, and David Wirtson wrote laziness could run a competitive race for the most underrated sin. Now think about that a minute. How many times did we not pray because we got a little lazy? How many times, how many times have we not read our Bible because we got just a little lazy? How many times. Have we missed out on certain opportunities because we got, y'all with me? Now, I believe, I believe there's some hardworking people in here. There's no doubt about it. I, I mean, I, I believe, I, I just, I mean, I believe our church is full of hardworking people because I, I know, I know all of us, but I think there are some times we could all uh, catch a, a fever of laziness every now and then. Would y'all agree with me? And and we need to look at it that way and see, okay, where do I need to, where do I need to see myself in this deal and and know, hey, it's time to, it's, it's time to get up and get moving. The sluggard, they love to sleep, number two. A sluggard or a slothful person, a lazy person, if we just want to use terms that we are familiar with, a lazy person is more of a nuisance than a help. They're more of a nuisance than a help. There's nothing that irritates me more than when I'm working and somebody watching. Y'all with me? Because when I'm working and they're watching, I want to say, "Did you bring your pom poms today?" Uh, what help me? My 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 dad had a saying: If the old man's working, we all working. Y'all with me? I've had and, and and now have we got to the place on Wednesday night the kind of relationship we have with each other? I can just say what I need to say. Are we there on Wednesday night? There's nothing that irritates me more than on a work day or something, people come to watch other people work. That, that's irritating, and whether it's a work day or anything else. It's almost like, I, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going there. <laughs> how many of y'all? How many of y'all? You say what's the big? Let me, let me stick with my notes because I'm fixing to run a rabbit that's going to get us all killed. Amen. <laughs> Proverbs 10, 26. Watch what, watch what. Watch how Solomon describes being around a lazy person is. Especially for a very industrious person. As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to them that send him. Vinegar on the teeth and smoke in the eyes aren't necessarily lethal, but they do irritate you. Y'all with me? So does a sluggard who don't or won't get the job done. All he does is dream about the things he wants to enjoy, but he won't work hard enough to earn them. Proverbs 29, 25 says this, The desire or the cravings of the slothful killeth him, for his hands refuse to labor. Dreams become nightmares if you don't discipline yourself to work. What does that mean? What does that mean? This man's got this dream. He's got this bass boat. Let's just say a bass boat. We had that fishing term the other day, and there were some pretty ones that come by. And I ain't going to lie, I had to repent just a little bit of that one they had on display. I was lusting, I'm telling you what. That thing was beautiful, beautiful. But he sits there and he desires that thing. He wants it so bad. He just, he just, he keeps craving and and has a desire for that, whatever that might be. You put whatever you want, golf clubs, a, a, a dress, a house, car, whatever it is, but won't take the effort to do it and it'll drive him crazy. Because he's not willing to take the effort to discipline himself to do what it takes to, to make that happen. Now watch. A, a lazy person loves to sleep. A lazy person is more of a nuisance than a help. They're more of a nuisance than a help. Number three. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. Don't uh, don't take in your mind, okay, preacher hates all lazy people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm trying to help you understand if you're if you are a lazy person and you get around industrious people, you'll know why you're irritating them. And 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 if you are an industrious person and you're a you're an employer and you're fixing to hire somebody, you know I don't need to hire that person. Are y'all with me? This is this is this is the thing about the Book of Proverbs. It gets right down to where we live, doesn't it? And this is everyday stuff. That's why I like it so good. And and, and 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 we can really glean from it. It's not just a history lesson. How many of y'all been around a lazy person? How many of y'all got irritated by him? See, he was right. Amen. Now, number three. The lazy man has a know it all attitude. Proverbs twenty six, sixteen. The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render reason. Seven people can outvote him and say what they think the thing is, and he still don't believe them because he's smarter than they are, all right? Uh, <laughs> he lives in a fantasy world that prevents him from being a useful part of the real world, but he can tell everybody else what to do. He's never succeeded in anything in his own life, but he can tell others how to succeed. Yep. Number four, number four, I'm going I'm to move right past that one right there. Number four, he's a good excuse maker. He's a good excuse maker. Proverbs 24, the sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold, therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. Either the weather is too cold for plowing or it's too dangerous to go out of the house. He not only says it's too cold, but look what he says in Proverbs 22 13. The slothful man said, There is a lion without. I shall be slain in the streets. The diligent man or woman can always find a reason to work, but the sluggard always has an excuse for not working. Uh, Dr. E.B. Hill defined an excuse as a lie wrapped in laziness. I like it. Say it with me. A, oh, one more time with feelings. Are y'all with me? People who are good at making excuses are rarely good at doing anything else. I've I've seen people, well, I just, uh, uh, I'm just not going to work for that kind of money. All right, when you're making that kind of money. (laughs) Now, you say you won't work for that kind of money, but you don't mind taken from somebody else that's working for their money because you got to eat and somebody's got to work to pay for it here's a good philosophy here's a good philosophy do what you have to do till you can do what you want to do y'all with me i've got a i've got a, a a family member that uh he wasn't really he wasn't raised like he should have been raised. Uh and and he has this philosophy that that because he was catered to so much that uh if 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 a boss says something he don't like, he just quit. And he feels justified in doing it. Because he was babied so much and 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 well you I just quit. He was he was told, you know, well, they say that I'd just quit. Well now The one that was taking care of him is no longer alive. So where does that leave him? With a wrong philosophy about life. Are y'all with me? And now the one that coddled to him and made it where he could be that way is no longer there to pay for everything, and now he's stuck. And I don't totally blame him in the deal. And sometimes, sometimes we got to understand who's the boss and who's the employee. The employee can't get mad at the boss because he's the boss. I've seen employees get mad at the business owner. Well, he went fishing this morning. Well, he owns the business. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I don't know why he... No, no. He writes your check. It doesn't matter what he does. He don't ever have to come to work. As long as you get a check, just show up and do what you're supposed to do. Amen. Guys, it's the jersey. I'm telling you, it's the jersey. I wasn't going to be like this today, but the jersey. Is I'm coming. Am I right? Making excuses all the time. You hear it, and you hear it, and you hear it, and you hear it. And I, let's let's. I found out this a lot of times. A lot of times, we forget that we we are where we are because of decisions we've made in life. And and if 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 one person if one person worked all day, went to school all night for several, several years to try to get where he's at, and now God is blessing that effort, and you partied all the time, made poor decisions, acted ignorant in your life, don't be resentful of the person that made sacrifices and made good decisions to be where they are, and, and, and resent their success or resent the, the blessings on their life because you made poor decisions. And don't get to the point, don't get to the point that, that 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 people owe you something. I'm afraid in our country today, we have such a mentality of of help me now. My mind just went blank. What's that mentality? Entitlement mentality. Guess what? When we walk out those doors. There's a world out there that's kill or be killed. It's dog eat dog, the survival of the fittest. And honestly, out there, and even, check this out, even God owes us nothing. Everything is a blessing. Heaven is a blessing. Salvation is a blessing. Grace and mercy. Are y'all with me? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's don't let's don't make excuses. Listen, the slothful are very very good excuse makers. Number 5. They waste God-given resources. Proverbs 20:189. Proverbs 18:9. You know, isn't it cool when you can give a Bible verse for everything you're saying? You're not picking on nobody. Isn't that great? Proverbs 18:9. He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a good waster. The lazy person, or great waster, excuse me. The lazy person may be working but not doing a very good job. Consequently, what's done will either have to be thrown out or done over. This means it will cost what? Twice as much. Listen, the lazy person, number six, wastes God-given opportunities. God-given opportunities. Proverbs 10, verse 5 says, He that gathereth in the summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. When the fields are ready for harvest, the reapers have to go to work because the opportunity won't be there forever. Diligent people are alert to their God-given opportunities and seek to make the most of them. Seek to make the most of them. Let's not be slothful. Let's not be slothful. All right, number two. Number two. Let's look at the poor. Let's look at the poor. Man, God cares about the poor. God cares about the poor. Uh, if Brother Travis Sharp was here, he'd stand up and shout hallelujah and run around the building. God has given him a heart for the poor that's incredible, and he's doing a great work with them. And 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 as we see, as we study the Old Testament. We'll find out God made provisions for the poor even back in the Old Testament, even when they went into Canaan and what God told them to do there. Watch this. Had the nation obeyed, the nation of Israel obeyed God's laws, their land would have remained fruitful and there would have been very little poverty or oppression of the poor. Here's what God said to do. Every seventh day was a Sabbath when the people rested and gave their land and their farm animals a rest. That's when they were supposed to do nothing. That day, let your, 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 your people rest. Let your farm animals rest. Do nothing. All right? Every seventh year was a sabbatical year when the land and the workers were allowed to rest for the entire year. Every 50th year was a year of Jubilee when the land not only lay fallow but returned to its original owners. You say, what do you mean return to its original owners? In other words, if, if, if a person got in trouble, got in a bad financial bind or something, and they had to sell land... They they sold land outside of their family unit or wherever, uh, and at the fiftieth year, that land was to come back into that family. That, that that land was released, and it was to come back into that family. Now, why did God do it that way? So three or four uh 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 businessmen who were very very skilled in business couldn't hoard it all up and become very wealthy and then this big class divide take place of the very wealthy and the very poor god wanted to make sure there was there was a certain amount of equality there and 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 it's it's not about it's not about redistribution of wealth either it's it's about creating opportunity for that person to get back up on his feet are y'all with me say amen by this means the Lord sought to restore the fertility of the land regularly, and also prevented wealthy people from amassing huge farms and thus controlling the economy. According to Second Chronicles 36, the nation didn't obey these special laws for the land, and God had to send the people to Babylon to give the land a rest. Now watch this. A cool thing. If you will go back and study, if you will go back and study the nation of Israel, every year. Every year, because see what happened, they begin to neglect that. Instead of letting the year, that seventh year, be a break and a sabbatical year, they just kept working the land, breaking God's law. Well, do you know how? Do you know how many years? You know how many years that they were in captivity, the same number of years that they broke God's law and did not give the land a rest. In other words, every year that they worked the land when they were not supposed to, God let them stay a year in captivity for every year that the land... Are you all with me? Amen. That's cool. I mean, when you learn... God always. What, is, what am I saying? God was getting the attention of the people. God was punishing them for their sins. Yet also, God had a purpose of getting the land back to where it was supposed to be and them doing what they were supposed to do to begin with. Say amen. amen. Now, watch this. Let's look at, let's look at a few things. Uh, what are some causes of poverty? What are some causes of poverty? If we don't want to be poor, let's figure out what causes poverty. Let's look at this. Number one, one of the big reasons is a refusal to work. A refusal to work. Proverbs 10, 4 says, He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Some people are poor simply because they won't work. Work is available, but they prefer not to know about it. Proverbs twenty thirteen. Love not sleep, lest thou come to poverty. Open thine eyes, and thou shalt be satisfied with bread. Everybody knows somebody that fits that category. Everybody does. Uh, I I used to I used to get you know, uh, really I'd have somebody come to me and. And uh, boy, appreciate I just I just need a job. And, well, I'd make a couple contacts and I'd I'd get with them and 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 for some reason, some reason I was just a little thick and it took me a while to catch on. Uh, there was always something wrong with each one of them. And then and then I I, I sat and then it was like this a light went off. This dude don't want to work. Now uh, there are there are we are in a horrible economy. We're in a horrible economy. Things are, things are good in some areas. Things are bad in some areas. And, and, uh, and, and, and we've got to, and, and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to try to go too deep into that thing. But one of the reasons for poverty in America is a refusal to work. Amen. Now, let me say this. Let me say this. And I believe that is is because the government don't have enough sense that the, the, the Rangers have at Yellowstone. Because at Yellowstone, they'll say, don't feed the bears. Because if you feed the bears, they won't go look for their own food. And they know what the Bible says. The Bible says if a man does not work, neither should he eat. But what we're doing is we're paying people not to work. Why should they work if they don't have to? I've heard people say this. I can get more sitting at home than I could at that job at so-and-so. Amen. Let's, Let's quit that rabbit. Get back on the trail, Amen. You know we're solving a lot of America's problems tonight. Y'all notice that, Amen. Malcolm for president, Amen. No, no, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, not me. Ain't looking in my claws. It's Amen. <laughs> boy, they'll. Oh, boy. Number one, refusal to work. Number two, a love of pleasure. A love of pleasure. Proverbs twenty-one seventeen, he that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man he that loveth wine and oil shall be shall not be rich of course the drunkard and the glutton are usually among the poor now what what do we mean by lovers of pleasure time energy money and opportunity are wasted when leisure and pleasure control a person's life y'all with me Unfortunately, some people were disciplined when young or, or were not disciplined when young and taught the importance of work. Listening to orders and obeying them, paying attention to correction and reproof and not repeating mistakes and respecting supervision are essential to success in any job. Now, what's that mean? What's that mean? We can, Boy, it's a bad illustration. Have y'all ever heard uh, champagne... Uh, lifestyle y'all know the rest let me just leave it at that all right there you go there you go wasn't gonna say it but she did amen either way you're exactly right we want to live we want to live like the lifestyles of the rich and famous and 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 but we are over here in this lifestyle of a certain a certain budget but we're still trying to attain that are y'all with me Buying things. I, somebody said it better than anybody. Somebody said it better than anybody. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes we, we try to, to spend money we don't have to buy things we don't want to impress people we don't like. And sometimes I, I heard somebody say, well, we just like the finer things in life. Now, there's nothing wrong with liking the finer things in life if you can afford the finer things in life. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. There are godly people. There are godly people that are loaded. They are loaded. They got money. But God can trust them with it. And we'll get to that here shortly. Now, God's not against rich people. Abraham was loaded. David was loaded. Solomon was loaded. Jacob and Isaac, all of them were very, very wealthy. God's not against that. And God's not against somebody enjoying the finer things in life. But not if you are wasting what God's given you to try to accomplish that. Sometimes, Sometimes our... Our taste and our appetite causes us to be poor. Uh, let me read that last sentence in there because I, I think we need to. I think we need to. You might even want to underline it. You might even want to underline it. Listening to orders. So, uh, let's just all read it. Let's just do that. I, I think we just let's listen. Listening to orders and obeying them, paying attention to correction and reproof, and not repeating mistakes and respecting supervision are essential to success in any job. Would y'all agree? Uh, I've heard people say, "Well, he told me to do it like this and but I think this is the way we need." If you, he is your employer and he is the owner of the company, do it like he wants. Y'all with me? Here's what happens. Here's what. Let's go back. Let's go back to toddlerhood. Let's go back to toddlerhood. All right, little Johnny, little Johnny is growing up, and and you don't want to hurt little Johnny's feelings, so you don't teach him what no means. And you don't teach him what yes means. And you don't teach him what come here means. And you don't teach him what stop that means. And you don't, y'all with me? So what happens? Little Johnny grows up. Now, little Johnny still don't know what no means. Now, that is very devastating to an employer to have to uh, uh, try to work with a big brat. But it's even, that's that's not even the worst part. All right, little Johnny don't learn submission right here. And you don't wait till they get here. You do it right here. Y'all with me? Man, I want to talk about something right there, but I. Mm. They learn submission right here. They learn to submit to authority. They understand beginning what authority is. And by the way, you don't have to explain to this one why you said no or yes. You just let them understand do what I say. All right? say, so well, he's wanting to know. what? No, he's playing you. You just teach him yes or no. They learn submission here. Because they need to understand that when they get to that boss and that employee, they have to submit to that, that boss or that employee's authority. Or he ain't going to have a job long. And he has to submit to the, the policeman and the judge's authority. Are y'all with me? Or he's going to be in prison or in jail. But here's the worst part. If we don't teach them what submission to authority is here, then they'll be a terrible citizen here. But then when God comes to draw their heart for salvation, they won't submit to him either. You see, it's not just about having to get along with them. I saw I saw a sign the other day, man. I wish I could remember the exact wording of it, but it was great. It says, please be careful how you raise your kids because when you're through with them, we have to live with them. Amen? But the biggest part of that whole deal is not necessarily him embarrassing you in publics, And not necessarily him going to prison because he don't know what no means. It's when the Holy Spirit comes and wants him to submit to the authority of the Holy Spirit for salvation. He says no. Amen? All right. All right. Let's keep on. All right. Uh, uh, some causes of poverty is a refusal to work. Number two, a love of pleasure. Uh, uh, Caring more about uh, hobbies than they do employment Things of that nature Number three, unwise financial dealings Unwise financial dealings Proverbs 21 verse 5 The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteous But of everyone that is hasty only to want Rush impulsively into a good deal And you may lose everything And beware of signing notes and assuming other people's debts, especially strangers in chapter 11, verse 5. Excuse me, verse 15. The Jews were permitted to uh, uh, loan money to other Jews, but they were not to charge interest. They were permitted to charge interest as a business deal to Gentiles. However, they were warned against going surety. or In other words, co-signing is basically what that means. Going surety and assuming debts larger than they could pay larger than they could pay be careful co-signing for people please be careful uh uh, please 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 please. i I heard i heard i heard a great advice when it comes to that because there's been so many relationships damaged by that and let me say this too while i'm on that deal i'm gonna talk to the person that's trying to get somebody to co-sign for them if you go to somebody and they won't co-sign for them don't get mad at them i tell you what, they could do it for me. They, yeah, but they know you've gone bankrupt on everything you've ever done. But they don't want to say that because they want you as a friend, but they know if you do this, it's probably not going to work out and it's going to be a bad financial deal, but they don't want to hurt your feelings. So don't get bent out of shape if somebody won't sign for you. Amen. And if somebody won't sign for you, that might be God trying to tell you something. Amen? Amen. It's important it's really important uh uh dave ramsey he he he's made a lot of people mad but he's made a lot of people glad too because he's helped them get out of financial disasters and this is what he says if you as far as co-signing or loaning family or anybody anybody money he says if you cannot just write it off as a gift in your heart don't ever loan it because there's been so many so many relationships destroyed because and it and it might not be that the person even even meant to default on the loan they might have lost their job but it still caused hard feelings are y'all with me so if you can't just say hey it's a gift it's a gift don't worry about it it then don't even do it which is it's just pretty good advice to me be careful of unwise financial dealings. Pray about it. Pray about it. Pray about it. Pray about it. Uh, pray about it, pray about it, pray about it, pray about it. Listen, whatever you do financially, pray, pray, pray. What I what I think you need to do? Pray, pray. pray. Number four. And and remember Colossians three fifteen let the peace of God rule your heart. If you don't have peace about it, but you still want it, don't do it. Amen? Uh, number four, sometimes poverty is caused by uncontrollable events. It's not always something that we've done. It, it's not always, you know, uh, uh, buying something that we couldn't afford. It's not always because we're lazy. It's not always because, uh, uh, we, you know, we'd rather eat at Carrabba's than Burger King. It's, it's not always because of things. It, sometimes it could be you got sick. Sometimes it could be that, that, that you're trying your best, but some somebody swindled you out of something. It's not, always, it's not always a foolish decision. There are times when, when people become poor because of people and events over which they have no control. Proverbs 13 verse 23 says, Much food is in the tillage of the poor, but there is that is destroyed for want of judgment or lack of justice. In other words, somebody swindled you. The prophets condemned wicked rulers and businessmen who crushed the poor and seized what little they had. When there, there's justice in the land and people fear the Lord, then the poor have a voice and protection from oppression. So what is the conclusion that we draw from dealing with the poor? First we see, we, we talked about the causes. We talked about the causes, but then look at the conclusion. Oppressing the poor is condemned by God. Proverbs 14, 31. He who oppresseth the poor reproacheth his maker, but he that honoreth him hath mercy on the poor. God doesn't respect the rich more than the uh, than He respects the poor. Say Amen right there. Amen. Thank God. Proverbs twenty two two says this: The rich and the poor meet together. In other words, they have one thing in common: the Lord is the Maker of them all. Amen. The poor are made in the image of God. So the way we treat the poor is the way we treat God. Churches that show deference to the rich and ignore the poor have forgotten the royal law: Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. We ought, in, in other words, and also in James two, it says you should you should not. Uh, 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 treat a rich person better than you do a poor person in other words you know what that means I don't have to spend time there does everybody know what that means say amen we ought not to look down on the poor because of their troubles thinking we are better than they God has a special concern for the poor and needy and exploiting them well we will find ourselves fighting the Lord Proverbs 22:22 22, 22 says this, rob not the poor because he is poor, neither oppress the afflicted in the gate for the Lord will please their cause and spoil the soul of those that spoil them. I believe that the church should do everything they can or anybody any Christian should do everything they can to help people that are in need. But I don't think I don't think you or the church is obligated to pay somebody's light bill after they spend it on cigarettes and 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 lottery tickets. I just, I just, I just have an issue there. I just have an issue there. I believe we are stewards of what God has given us. Either way, either way, and so, so don't. You got it. That's all I need to say about that. And, uh, would y'all agree with me on that? Uh, number three, the diligent. And that's what we need to be. Man, we need to be diligent. Every time. Every time that you find the diligent in, in the book of Proverbs, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, and it's described as a good thing. Uh, uh, diligent hands are directed by a diligent heart, and this means the discipline of the inner person. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. When we cultivate the inner person through prayer, Meditation on the word, submission to the Lord, when we can experience the joys of a disciplined and diligent life, the fruit of the Spirit is self control. It's word temperance in Galatians, but it means self control. We need to have that. We need to be able to say, no, we're not going to eat out tonight. We need to be able to say, no, we're not going to rent these movies. Now, here's what happens here's what happens. We've had a bad day, we're frustrated. The kids are acting goofy. Uh, Things are not working right. Cars been acting up. We're all frustrated with everything. And the last thing we want to do is go home and cook something. And we just feel like we deserve the Big Mac. Man, I've been there. I've been there. But do you know what a disciplined person would do? They'd go home and cook what they got at the house. If they're trying to get their fares in order. I mean, I, 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 this, the, the comfort foods, God knows that's the truth. Say amen right there. Sometimes I want to leave the church and I want to buy a Snicker bar that big right there. Just frustrated and just... And you know the same thing, there's a lot of people struggling in their finances because they're not disciplined enough to say No. And that's not, that's not an easy thing. Half the stuff I have to preach is easy preaching and hard living. But you know what? It's possible. It's possible. How you know that? Because people are doing it every day. I, I listen to Dave Ramsey all the time. I encourage everybody to do that. It wouldn't hurt nothing. Wouldn't hurt a thing. Just turn on Dave Ramsey, listen to Dave Ramsey, uh, get on the internet, however you need to get it. Because every day somebody gets on there who's been incredibly and unmercifully in debt and they get to scream, I'm debt free, because they were willing to listen to his advice and live. This is his slogan live like no other, so one day you can live like no other. And he teaches people to be disciplined. And if it was impossible, all them people couldn't get on there and do that. It is possible. It is possible, but we gotta want it. We gotta want it. We gotta want to be diligent. Uh, one of the blessings of the diligent labor is the joy of developing the kind of ability and character that others can trust. Uh, thereby fitting ourselves for the next responsibility God has prepared for us. Joseph was faithful in suffering in service, and this prepared him to rule Egypt. David faithfully cared for a few sheep. And God gave him an entire nation to shepherd. Joshua was faithful as Moses' helper and became Moses' successor. There's no substitute for hard work. Find, I challenge you, this is your homework this week. Find some place in the Bible God used a lazy man. Find somewhere in the Bible that God called somebody to do something that wasn't already doing something. I heard this this is a good phrase here. This is a good statement too. If you need something done, find somebody that's already doing something. Because if you look for somebody that's not doing something, they're not doing something for a reason. Amen. Or get a woman to do it. Amen. That's a, Amen. They say a woman can do the job of 10 men. I need a help ladies right there. That's you ought to be shouting right there. Amen. A new college graduate was asked if he was looking for work. He thought a minute and said, Nope, but I can sure use a job. <laughs> Y'all a little slow. Y'all a little slow. Y'all a little slow. That seems to be an attitude of too many people today. And have you ever noticed this too? We want more money for less work. Well, I tell you what. I'd work harder if he'd pay me more. Maybe you need to pay work harder, so he will pay you more. That's that's just a novel idea. The world, everything's backwards now. Have y'all noticed that? It's a bizarre world. Amen. the uh, The world is full of willing people. Some willing to work, and the rest willing to let them. Amen. You know, this really going to be hot at my house tonight. No air conditioning. It's going to be rough. Amen. Let's look at a few characteristics. we got a minute and 58 seconds to get all this done. What are some characteristics of diligent people? First, they are planners. Write that down. They are planners. Not planters, planners. Planners. Proverbs 21, five. The thoughts or the plans of the diligent tend only to plenteous, but of everyone that is of haste or, or hasty only to want. Diligent people plan their work and work their plan. Thomas Edison said, I never did anything worth doing by accident, nor did any of my inventions come by accident. They came by work. More than one scientific breakthrough seemed to be discovered by accident, but there was still a great deal of hard work put into the project before the breakthrough came. Benjamin Franklin wrote in his Poor Richards' Almanac, diligence is the mother of good luck, and God gives all things to industry. They are planners. Plan, plan, plan. What do they say? If you fail to plan, you plan to? Amen. amen. B, write this down. Uh, Diligent people are planners. Diligent people, number two, or B, are thorough. They're very thorough. Proverbs 27, 23. Proverbs 27, 23. Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks, and look well to thy herds. I've got a buddy of mine I coon hunt with. And uh, every morning, I'll call him, hey, man, what you doing? I'm going to check my cows. Every morning, don't matter. Uh, in the afternoon, in the afternoon, I'll call him, one of the, see if he wants to go coon hunting that night. And he'll say, he'll, I'll say, what you doing, Will? he said I'm going to check my cows. What's he doing? He's, been, he's being diligent. He's checking his flocks. He's knowing what he has, what he doesn't have. He's knowing whether a coyote got a calf. He knows how many. Are y'all with me? That's what he's doing. Now, watch. Not many things creep up on diligent people. Because they are constantly keeping a check on the things that are important in their lives. Like their relationships. Husbands and wives, pay attention right there. How are you standing right now? Because most of the time, uh, one or the other, uh, because we haven't been diligent, don't know the other one is in a way that they're ready to leave. And then when it hits you, it's a shock because we haven't been diligent to keep up with our relationship. And we end up waiting until it's too late or almost too late in a disaster before we ever do anything about it because we're not diligent. We need to be diligent in our relationships, especially our finances, our finances, or even their health. I remember, I remember seeing they had a special with uh, uh, Dave Ramsey on Oprah, of all people. And, and, and this couple had issues. She had gone out and spent all kind of money and everything, and he didn't know about it or whatever, supposedly didn't know about it, and they're sitting here in front of Dave Ramsey. Now, if y'all know anything about Dave Ramsey, he don't pull no punches. Uh, he had one guy call on there who had gotten another woman pregnant and out of wedlock, and, and he's married to this one and got this one over here fixed and have a baby, and he's trying to get some financial advice about it. He said, whoa, he said, you need to get your character fixed first you got a character problem, and you'll always have a financial problem if you've got this character problem. You need to get right. I said, yeah, love this guy. Well, he's on Oprah, and you know how she is, know it all. Uh, and and, and they are, they are, everybody, the whole crowd is downing this woman for supposedly deceiving her man who's just doing everything and leaving everything up to her in the financial realm. And, and Dave is sitting there with that serious look on his face. And when they give him a chance to talk, well, uh, Dave, what do you think? He said, I think, I think it's his fault. My soul. You would, have, you would have thought he slapped them all right in the face. I tell you what, I disagree with that. I'm thinking, anyhow, I'm not going to tell you what I'm thinking. Uh, he said, look, every man has a responsibility. Every man has a responsibility. It don't matter who writes out the checks. It don't have, matter who pays the bills. You still have a responsibility as the leader of your home to be diligent to whatever you, whether she writes it or not, you need to know where it is. Ooh. That went over like you can imagine. C, hurry up, hurry up, hurry. here we go, here we go. A, they, now see, and people are getting mad tonight. People are getting mad tonight. This is just Bible. This is just Bible. Let's know. Let's know how our relationships stand. Let's know how our finances are. Let's know how our health is. Amen? Uh, C, they are frugal. They are frugal. This is it right here. Diligent people are careful not to incur debts they cannot handle. Proverbs 22, 7, the rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. While excuse me, a certain amount of honest debt is expected in today's world, everybody wants to achieve a good credit rating. We must be careful not to mistake presumption for faith. In other words, if we say, uh, I'm just going to buy this big old house that I can't afford and I'm just going to have faith that God's going to take care of that. That's foolish. That's the same thing as what the devil tried to get Jesus to do to jump off the, jump off the cliff and say that, don't the Bible say the angels will dash, won't let you dash your foot against a stone? And this is what, this is what Jesus told the devil. He also, the word also says, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Y'all with me? That's not faith, that's presumption. As the familiar adage puts it, when your outgo exceeds your income, then your upkeep is your downfall. Amen? It's a dangerous thing for people to become greedy for more and more money and to overextend themselves to acquire it. Each of us must discover, now read this with me. Each of us must discover at what financial level God wants us to live and be content with it. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean we should never strive for better? No, that's not what that's saying. What that's saying is that job over here may give you more money an hour, but it may destroy your marriage. This job may take you to a place where you're going to make a ton more money, but it's a city that doesn't have a church, and now your kids are going to grow up in an area with no church and no godly influence. Is it worth it? What does God want us to have? I think we could, I think we should all strive to be better in every area of our life, in our health, and our relationships, and in our, our finances, everything. But we need to know, okay, God, where are we at? Where do you want me to be at? And when we learn, what did Paul tell Timothy? Uh, 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 contentment with godliness is great gain, Amen. Uh, uh, Proverbs thirty verse seven: Two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. Watch what he says. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither, nor, give me neither, nor, feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? In other words, don't give me too much and don't give me too little, uh, lest I deny you uh, or lest I be poor and still and take the name of my God in vain. In other words, Lord, give me what I need. Give me what you know I need. Amen? During the Depression, there was a saying many people lived by. Use it up, wear it out, make it do, or? Amen. They knew the difference between luxuries and necessities. And See, this is where we're really messed up in America. An iPhone is not a necessity. It's not. A brand new car is not a necessity. Y'all with me? The highest priced shoes are not a necessity. Are y'all with me? Let's move on. <laughs> you say, "Why do we need to learn this?" Because I'm afraid we may get back to that where we're gonna we're gonna know it. Why do we think another Great Depression couldn't happen in America? We're we're, we're being run by mankind just like we was then. Amen. They knew the difference between luxuries and necessities, and they didn't try to impress the neighbors by purchasing things they didn't need with money they couldn't afford to spend. But that philosophy of life seems to have almost disappeared. Today... If you talk about hard work, wise stewardship, the dangers of debt, and the importance of accountability before God, somebody is bound to smile or laugh out loud and tell you that times have changed. Our Heavenly Father knows that His children have need that must be met. Matthew 6, 32, obviously. In our modern society, this means we must have money to procure them. you got to have money to live. But our most important task isn't to earn money. Watch this. Watch this, everybody. Read it with me. Our most important task is to be the kind of people God can trust with money. I don't know if you know this or not, but that may be the most powerful sentence you've read in a month. I don't know. I, I want more money than i got now. The reason you don't have more money than you have now, there could be several reasons, but one of the main reasons is God can't trust you with it. Have you ever seen the TV show about the people who's won lottery, lotteries and now they're broke and how their lives were totally destroyed with it? How about ballplayers? How about ball players that's got millions and millions and millions of dollars and then turn around in just a few years and are broke as can be? God knows what he can trust us with. Let's become the kind of people he can trust. Dave says, if you do poor people's stuff, you will be poor. If you do rich people's stuff, you will become rich. If we follow God's guidelines and do what God says, you say, does that mean mean if I do everything God says, that I'm going to be rich and have a Mercedes? No, but whatever you do have, you're going to be tickled to death with it. Because if you're content with what God gives you, you'll be happier. You will be happier on a bicycle than somebody that's cheating, lying, and stealing riding a Mercedes. Are y'all with me? Y'all still love me? Good, because it's going to get worse next week. Amen. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much.